everyone, and welcome to episode 58, the last one of 2023 of the Classic Rock Podcast. For those about to pod, we salute you. On this last episode of the year, we have latest news, we have some new rock on the block for you, and we have a review of 2023 where we look back at events, songs, albums, gigs that we, Matt and I, have been to. But here he is. You know about the elf on the shelf. This is Matt with the diamond head hat. Hello, Mr. Rogers. Merry Christmas to you. You have a good break? And a a, a Merry Christmas to you, Brian. Uh, Yes, had a very, very, well, uh, Christmas is not quite over yet, but uh, yeah, so far so good. How about you? Did you have a nice Christmas day? I had a nice lovely presents? Christmas too. Yes, lots of Christmas. Yes, I'm I'm back in Ireland, drinking mm. lots of Guinness, and my mum's making me lots of cups of tea. Oh, lovely! Yeah, I can see you're in a different location. You threw me there because uh, you normally got that picture of Princess Diana behind you, haven't you? In your, uh, <laughs> in your, in your home office, it's Kenny Doll Gleesh. <laughs> Anyway, happy Christmas and uh, a merry new year. HMY. We can start saying HMY soon. That'd be oh, nice. Do we have to? We have to do that HMY thing. Mm. Yes, I'm afraid we do. <laughs> so, so uh, a few things have happened since we last spoke. So, Kiss eventually, finally, have played their last ever gig. Well, as a, as a as a human entity, as it were. But they played their last gig in New York City on the 2nd of December, um, which I suppose is quite appropriate because they were they formed in New York. I think we touched on that last time in the context of the letter K. No A to Z of rock this time, by the way, boys and girls, because obviously we're doing the review of the year. Um, but, uh, yeah, the, the last gig in in, in NYC at the, at, the, uh, at the Garden, and um, apparently it went down very well. As you can imagine. But during the course of that show, they they unveiled the new era of KISS as avatars Mm. in the same vein as ABBA have become avatars. What do you think about that? What do you make of bands kind of carrying on as avatars, Brian? Um, I wish KISS had taken a little bit of a break from, you know, know, they, they kind of, they do the last gig and then it's like, Coming up next week at a cinema near you, or a, here's the virtual kiss. At least mm. with ABBA, you know, ABBA's last gig was, what, 1977, or, you know, or the, yeah. and they split they split up in 1983. You know, there was a, there's a fair amount of waiting before ABBA, you know, did their Avatar thing. I, mm. I'm not a fan, Matt. I mm. have to say, I'm, I'm, live music is is live, but I have to say... Um, of any of anybody who's ever been to the you know the ABBA Voyage show, which is in London at the moment, everybody's thought it was brilliant. But so who am I mm. to you know if that's if that's how the next generation of rock fans can get to see a band like Kiss who will never tour again? You know, fair mm. play. I just hope they don't. You know, I hope they're not going to be charging like you know a hundred pounds, a hundred dollars to go and see an Avatar and just see it as a money-making exercise. That's my only mm. fear about these things. You? Yeah, well, I tend to agree. And I agree. With, I also agree with Ace Fraley. Is it Fraley or Freely? Fraley. Um, Fraley. I've been saying it wrong all my life. 
I, I tend to agree with Ace Fraley. <laughs> I don't think you're supposed to emphasize the Fraley. Are you? Anyway, I agree with that. I agree with Ace. Ace, who said in a in a German interview or interview with a German publication called Rock Rock Antenne, which is quite an interesting name. Mm. Anyway, he doesn't like it. He uh, he's dismissed it. He doesn't he says he's not very rock and roll. And I tend to agree. Um, I was under the impression that Kiss were going to continue as a kind of a brand, as a as a sort of franchise, in that they get yeah. four new guys on, four new guys in, or girls, but four new people in, and uh, you know continue with uh, you know someone else dressed as uh, the Demon and someone else dressed as the Star Child and so on. But anyway, um, I have to life. I have to say I was slightly disappointed um, that there was a little part of me that was thinking last ever show. It would have been nice if they could have let bygones be bygones and Ace and Peter Chris come out and mm. maybe do a couple of songs or even change the set. They did nothing different mm. between the tour that, that, that went around Europe that I was lucky enough to see Kiss on this last tour, but they did nothing different, Matt. Yeah. And I would have thought yeah. for the last ever show, ever, ever, New York City, they're a seminal New York band. They did nothing different. So, yeah. Mm. No, I'm with you. Anyway, moving on. Um, in other news, now you're going to enjoy this. So this, this is the latest in a long line of those sort of, sort of star musicians that have got together to form... What's that thing called, Brian? When they kind of everyone gets together and a super you know, super group. That's it. Super. <laughs> thank you. Oh, thank you. Now, uh, yeah, new band called Whom Gods Destroy. Interesting name. Anyway, uh, this is uh, the brainchild of Derek Sh- Derek Sheridan, keyboard player, with uh, amongst others um, Dream Theater and um, Black Country Communion. Ron Bumblefoot Thal. It's difficult to say. It's quite a tongue twist, that one. <laughs> and uh, you're, you're, you, the guy you think is one of the greatest vocalists ever, Dino Jalusic, um, have got together with uh, Yash Nomura and uh, Bruno Valverde to form Whom Gods Destroy. Um, I don't know whether we need another super group, right? But I suppose Sons of Apollo have apparently finished. So, that, you know, one in, one out, I guess. Um, and um, yeah, they've got a new album coming out next year uh, called Insanium, out in March. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's proggy prog prog metal apparently. So, <laughs> well, is that a we'll, new? Is we'll that, that's a new genre, proggy prog metal. <laughs> yes, indeed. Sunday morning, Sunday morning, proggy prog metal. Metal. <laughs> Can't even say it. What's wrong with me today? Um, I'm breaking these teeth in. I think they're quite new. Um, yes, Sunday morning, proggy prog metal. Featuring whom God's destroyed. You must be excited about that, bro. You love a super group, don't you? I love a and super group. They're probably with Frontiers as well, aren't they? I don't know who they're with, but you're gonna, you haven't mentioned them for a while. You must be... Sorry, you're slipping. I am slipping. I, I, do you know what? If I were a betting man, I would say that they're not on Frontier Records and they're probably on Inside Out Music. Well, yeah, you've done your homework, haven't you? <laughs> I can tell. It'll, it'll be... Matt, it, de, de, you're, you're absolutely right. Um... Um, I've heard a few snippets on TikTok and Instagram because that's what obviously you and I are old school. We're 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 Facebook and Twitter, um, hmm. but but they the have key- got an Instagram account, by the way. Uh, Did oh, you know that? Yeah, probably that's one you probably use more hmm. than me. But the kids, hmm. 
uh, the, ki- and the kids, kids. <laughs> oh, they did. did you see them over Christmas? The kids? I, I didn't see the kids over Christmas. I th- no, me neither. No, they, I got a th- present from them. We, we did. We did. We did. We got. Yeah, it's nice. So um, it'll be heavy. Mm. Um, Dino likes his heavy, you know, slipknotty, you know, tool. It's it'll be very very heavy, and 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 Bumblefoot and Derek Sherinian and some of their solo stuff and some of the material on, on Sons of Apollo was quite, was really, really dark. And I yeah. just think that this album will be, it will not be Sunday morning prog. It will be Friday night, scare night, complicated prog. Yeah. But I'm like, Hey, yeah. I'm looking forward to it. I love Dino. Dino is an amazing singer. Yeah, absolutely. I know you'd be looking forward to yeah. it. Anyway, more to come on, uh, whom gods destroy? And talking about that's that's a new band, but um, I suppose finally, yes, finally, <clears throat> Bon Scott is getting honoured in a tribute concert right. in January, which you know I know he's got his uh, in the UK. There's there's the the lovely statue up in Kiri Muir uh, for Bon, mm-hmm. and they have Bon Fest every year. But yep. um, it's it's nice that they're 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 finally in the mainstream, um, going to do a Bon Scott tribute concert, and there's some some big hitters that are going to be there um, at the you know the two hour show. Scott Ian from Anthrax, Dave Lombardo, probably the best drummer that's ever played with Metallica, um, controversial, um, Josh Freeze, JB Cannon. You know it's it's. Fabulous! I know. I'm. I'm looking forward to. Uh, um, uh, uh, hopefully, there'll be some streaming of that, and that we'll be able to see it as well too. So I thought that was nice mm. that with all of the news, uh, with all of the activity around ACDC, will they won't the will they won't they and the power trip show. It's nice that there's a little bit of love being shown to Bond. Absolutely, couldn't agree more. Alrighty, that was the rock news. <laughs> So, Matt, we come to New Rock on the Block, and you are going to be reviewing for us the last album from Bernie Marston, Working Man. What did you think of it? That's right. Yeah, the uh, sadly, the, he obviously recorded before he died, uh, died earlier this year. Um, working Man. It's... Um, it's all classic Bernie, really. It's It's got that sort of uh, blues-tinged rock uh americana vibe about it um double album actually was quite nice i've got it as vinyl i've got a vinyl copy yeah which is is lovely (laughs) you got lots of vinyl of it (laughs) i have four sides four sides of vinyl um got some good songs it's it's made that cardinal sin uh, I never liked songs uh, that, that rock stars write so from an autobi- autobiographical basis, i.e. so tough being famous, as in the introductory song called Being Famous. But it's got some good ballads on it. It's got uh, a really good song called Long Time, which uh, he, he writes about meeting someone he hasn't seen for, seen for a long time. Midtown's a pretty, pretty cool song. Uh, there's a few... Um, there's a few instrumentals on here, actually, interestingly. Um, we talked about the song Steelhouse Mountain uh, a few episodes ago that he wrote about uh, his affinity with the with Steelhouse, as in the Steelhouse Festival, which is up a mountain for those who've never been or never even 
you know, come across it, uh, which is pretty good. Um, so called The Pearl. Quite like that. It's quite nice. Mm. Sh- shades of kind of uh, sort of Peter Green. And he's a massive fan of Peter Green, of course. Uh, so a bit sort of early Fleetwood Mac vibe to, the, vibe to that. Uh, he does a song with a uh, brilliant singer called Jamie Kyle, who I'd never heard before. She's, she's a Nashville kind of uh, sort of um, starlet, if you will. Uh, in the making or star in the making um and she's she's on a song called invisible which is pretty good um a couple of songs that you think could be sort of classic white snake a song called uh just sorry who's fooling who um is uh a, a bad reputation a very kind of white snakey <laughs> yeah obviously everything's written by bernie marsden so there's no there's no coverdale sort of uh um no, no coverdale involved as it were however until the the final disc or the final side of the second disc, I should say, uh, where he, he, he covers a few uh, White Snake classics. Here I go again, Ain't No Love in the Heart of the City, which, of course, was the cover of the old Bobby Blue Bland song. Um, Till the Day I Die, uh, interesting choice to be put on this album. Of course, it's a posthumous release yeah, from The Great yeah. Man, but um, uh, one of their songs, I think, so that's from Come and Get It, I think. Uh, Time is right for love and comment in my kitchen. So all songs that were written with uh, the mighty Cove back in the day. So um, all in all, a good album. It's got that kind of you know Sunday morning kind of laid back groove about it. Um, I know we talk about Sunday morning quite a lot, don't we? But yeah, it's got that sort of it's that light, laid back vibe. You can have it over the background. It's quite a cool kind of you know atmospheric album. He's playing uh, uh, instrumentally. Is, is fantastic. I mean, he was a magnificent guitarist, of course, both, both acoustically and uh, uh, electrically. I mean, you play the guitar not very well, as as, as we established many times, but uh, you know, you must appreciate how good his guitar playing is uh, on this album. So I think you know, it's a it's a you know, the end at the end of a magnificent career for Bernie Marsden and the gatefold. It's got a brilliant gatefold sleeve, the double the double uh, vinyl. It's got pictures from his career going back to Pace Ashton and Lord and Cozy Powell's Hammer and uh, obviously White Snake and uh, and so on. So it's um, yeah, it's a nice sort of um, you know a nice kind of tribute in a way uh, to the um, to the to the great man. A nice epitaph, if you will. Um, what did you think of it, Brian? Briefly, briefly um, for somebody in the last few years. Um, I say briefly because we've got a lot to get through. In we the have a lot to get through. By you're, the way. you're absolutely. We're absolutely. No offense. No, no, that's okay. Um, Bernie, Bernie spent the last few years um, focused on the blues. You know, he did three um, chess um, album. You know, he, he did the Kings album, the chess albums, mm. the trios album. So he was really rooted in the blues. And this album comes out, and when I when I listened to it, um, it was it's very commercial it's like commercial blues we're in joe bonamassa territory it's very mm-hmm. it's mm. not rough it's smooth you know it's it's radio two friendly oh totally you know it's really um and as you quite rightly say it's when he brings in and he's a very good bernie's always been a good singer um but when he brings in jamie to a song like invisible when bernie's songs are sung by a great singer it lifts it up a notch, and and I think that that sums up Bernie's career for me, because when he when he's been working with amazing singers like the Cove, and with White Snake, yes. you can see where those songs were. The songwriting talent of Bernie Marsden when he did it with Alaska, and when he went solo himself, etc. 
he just great songs, but there was never that great singer that was left in those songs. So a lot of these songs are are great, um, a, a, a brilliant tribute to him, and I could see some of this some of these songs ended up being covered by country artists or members of the Eagles were in that sort of sphere. But yeah, yep. a lovely tribute to Bernie. And a, and as you say, this too is peppered with the, with a few of the Whitesnake classics and a few songs from his earlier career. So yeah, a nice tribute to Bernie. Yes, indeed. So that brings us to the second album we're going to review, Bright, which uh, I'm going to ask you to review it because you've been listening to it yeah. avidly I over have. the last few days. Um, by Andy Taylor. Now, Andy Taylor uh, is, was the original guitarist in uh, Duran Duran. Um, and since he left Duran Duran, he's, he's moved in production, into production. Uh, prior to that, he was with the Power Station with Robert Palmer, of course. Um, and in recent times, he's produced uh, well, Thunder. He's worked with Reef and, and many more. And uh, amazing instrumentalist. And... Um, He's brought out this new album called Man's A Wolf To Man. What did you make of it, Brian? Matthew, if this album had come out in January of 2023, I can probably bet that in my Spotify wrapped that this would have been the most listened to album on my Spotify. Mm-hmm. Because uh, Man's Wolf To Man, it's, it's Andy's third solo album first in something like 30 years mm. um on first listen and this is it's a diy album it's something he made in the pandemic and that's right you know it's you know here's me tinkering about on and recording with a you know a bond tempi keyboard and an acoustic guitar and mm. all my recordings sound rubbish but andy taylor's been he's, he's made something in his back shed and it sounds fantastic he's it's a great album the first thing off the bat is vocally i couldn't believe when i heard the first couple of tracks Hmm. how much andy taylor sounded or there was just the inflections of david bowie oh yeah there was just so much um yeah it was just quite uh it was quite staggering how close the boy was. Now, I am a big fan of of Andy. We've even had mm-hmm. Andy as a hidden gem um, mm-hmm. earlier in, in earlier episodes. So I haven't been a massive fan. I'm a massive fan, fan of the Power Station. His guitar playing is great. But it's, the singing on this album is just, it's better than anything that Andy's ever done before. And the songwriting's superb. Um, mm-hmm. he, he, uh, Gary Stringer from Reef, um, you know, turns up on the album as well too. And and, mm-hmm. and Gary's a great singer, you know, some of the, the really rocky uh tracks on the on the album. And then Tina Arena turns yes. up and Andy and Tina um do a duet on the album as well too. Um the the track being uh Try to Get Even um and got uh, Gotta Give is a track with Gary Stringer. It's an mm. eleven track album. Um Matt, it's just well written, well arranged, well produced, and well sang. And you know, Andy's had a tough year. Yes, um, indeed. You know, uh, he didn't make the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Um, he's he had the benefit concert um, where Robert Plant 
sang Stairway to Heaven for an, a, right. an amazing amount of money. Um, and I'm and I'm kind of hopeful that um, and I know Andy's he's he's going through some therapy at the moment for for his cancer and 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 things are going well you know better for him mm. and I'm kind of hoping that this album um, allows him to you know maybe do some live show do some recording I know that he's working again with the guys in Duran Duran it's just it's just a great to see him um, with everything that's gone on in his life produce a work like this fantastic yeah. album fantastic yeah what do you think absolutely. about it yeah well like you i loved it i, I it was fantastic it's got everything going on in it of course um as you say it's got a bit of bowie kind of vibe to it a bit of elton john sort of feel to it yeah and yeah. you know those those guys the duran duran guys spano Valley guys uh you know they grew up with the with that sort of you know that sort of um, early 70s uh, sort of glam rock, dare, dare I say, and, and we're infl- clearly influenced by you know, that, uh, the likes of Elton John and Mark Bolan and yeah. and, uh, and and clearly um, David Bowie on this album. My favourite song off the album, you touched upon it, is the duet with Tina Arena, one of my favourite singers. She's just a fantastic yeah. singer. Um, Try to Get Even is just, just beautiful. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, the title track's good. It's just all good. Um and you say it's great. He's got, he's got stage four prostate cancer. Uh, he's having treatment to kind of contain it, as it were. Um, and uh, obviously, you know, that's that's an amazing. Uh, it's an amazing piece of work considering that. Um, we came across it. I've got to give a shout out to the other podcast that we listen to, the Rock on Tours. An amazing interview with him. If if there, if you get a chance, uh, boys and girls, have a listen to Andy Taylor on the Rock on Tours podcast because it's a very raw. Uh, interview and he's just comes across fantastically. They talk about this album and and in fact, you know, where's he been hiding that voice all these years? And and you know, you have to say, well, wow, yeah, I mean, it's fantastic. So yeah, check out um, "Man's a Wolf to Man" by the great Andy Taylor. So it's Tina Arena. It, it, you know, she's from Australia. I do indeed. I, she, I have her. It, I've got a couple of albums. I love. I genuinely love Tina Arena. Oh, uh, me too. Me too. I, I mean, uh, was it? I'm in chains. That was a big yeah, hit. Yeah, I actually and, have the single, Matt. I have the single. I have the single of chains, and there is a single that she brought. Uh, the single is very, very AOR melodic. Called is it? Hold, hold out my heart. It's okay. like we're we're Mister Mister territory. You know, it's very yeah. I I've I, I love that album. And I was thinking more of um, Whistle Down the Wind. She did an amazing version of of that song. Um, but I've often wondered whether <laughs> if she, if she in back in her native Australia, if they gave, if they opened a, a, a venue in her name, whether it be the Tina Arena or the Tina Arena Arena, has <laughs> <laughs> been playing on my mind for, for the last couple of days. <laughs> anyway, should we, should we, should we move on? Let's move on. That's brilliant. So, Brian, it's become an annual tradition that we review the year that has passed. We're not quite out of 2023 yet, but we're going to look back at the year that has just been. So we're going to look at the event of the year, our gigs of the year, song of the year, and I'm going to run down our top 10 albums of the year. Mm. That's new. Um, And we're also going to look forward to 2024 and uh, think about what uh, might be coming our way in terms of gigs, albums, and who knows what. Interesting looking back at our predictions for this year, strangely enough, 
we uh, we were interested in um, the Geddy Lee autobiography, which came out a few weeks ago. Uh, we talked about Bruce Dickinson. Um, he's got a new album coming out next year, uh, which uh, I suppose, you know, a little bit late, but still good. He's had a lot to, on his plate with Iron Maiden and everything. Um, what else we talk about? We talked about going to see Priest and Ozzy. Now, that never happened, did it, unfortunately? Um, for, for reasons that we touched upon Aussie's health, sadly. But um, we're not too bad with our predictions. Let's see how we get on with the 2024 predictions. Exactly. We also predicted that Bad Company would put out some material in 2023. But we didn't get we Bad close. Company, but we got Paul Rogers. That's right. I think we're also looking forward to ACDC. And and that's my one of my main events of the year was the return of ACDC uh, at the Power Trip Festival. I called it the Power Up Festival the last, last uh, episode, which, of course, was the the album, the last album, I think, from them. Anyway, you can forgive that slip of the tongue. But the Power Trip Festival. And and that, of course, you know, s- sparked lots of conjecture as to whether there was going to be a tour or gigs or festivals. We touched upon it, obviously, many times. We don't yep. have to go over it. And, of course, the, the mayor of Munich <laughs> let the cat out of the bag, as it were. But, uh, yeah, I mean, wow, fantastic. Great to see ACDC back, of course. Um, and another band that featured quite a lot in 2022 for us, um, which was one of our events of the year, which was the Foo Fighters. I suppose in some ways an event of the year was finally, finally the unveiling of Josh Freeze mm. as the drummer of uh, of the Foo Fighters. And, and they, they put out, remember on social media, on, on YouTube, a video where... Um, you know, Tom, man. Tommy Lee. Your man from Red Hot Chili Peppers. <laughs> yes, Chad's, Chad, your man. <laughs> your man, Chad. Your man, Chad. And, and then Thon Fellow, um, what do you call Thon Fellow from Motley Crue? Uh, Tom, Tommy Thomas, Lee. Thomas Lee. T- Tommy yep. Lee. And then Danny Kerry from Tool. And they all came into the studio and then the camera just switches around to Josh Freeze and says, guys, we're going to play some music, which was the av- unveiling of Josh Freeze as the new drummer for Foos, which I which I thought was a, a nice, nice event uh, based mm. on what the Foos went through in 2022. Yeah, absolutely. Typical kind of tongue-in-cheek stuff from uh, Dave Grohl and the boys, of course. <laughs> uh, on a personal note, I, um, I went to see uh, an up-close-and-personal can you still say that up close and personal? Anyway, I went to see um, an acoustic session by the Rival Sons, uh, courtesy of a friend of ours, Matt. He invited me along to see them at the Planet Rock Studios. That was that was quite something, seeing um, Jamie Buchanan and Scott Holiday um, playing literally, you know, ten feet away from me. That was amazing. I mean, on a personal note, that was that was quite something. Um, on a on a random note, of course, we bumped into uh, well, I bumped into Rob Taylor uh, at the. Uh, Call of the Wild Festival, and uh, Rob is the owner of Scotland Rocks Radio, one of the owners and folks that run the sh- the, the station. And uh, subsequently, we've been on Scotland Rocks Radio since like, since the summer, which is great. Yeah. Thanks for having us, guys. Thank you. On every uh, third Tuesday, of course, um, which is great. Um, what about you, Brian? Any more big events? Of oh the year? yes, the event, the one of the events of the year. We, we did lots of festivals this year. We'll maybe get into some of that around gigs, but. Mm. What probably one of the events of the year, which shows you the roller coaster emotional ride of a of a rock career, was the Motley Crue, Def Leppard, and Mammoth WVH uh, package that came to the UK. Mm. Uh, Mammoth WVH on the back of uh, Wolfie's second album were stupendous. Anybody yep. that follows Mammoth 
has got to be on their metal and be on top form because mm-hmm. they just slayed everybody. To which Def Leppard didn't do too bad. Def Leppard came no, out. No. Def Leppard came out, played the hits, played a few tracks off Diamond Star Halos, and did a very efficient, professional job, Matthew. And we got what we we got what we expect from Def Leppard. Mm-hmm. Then Motley Crue comes on the stage, and that's where <laughs> that's where the roller coaster starts hitting the skids, where you're getting cover versions and medallies of cover versions and Tommy Lee and Nikki Six spending what felt like four hours chatting to the uh, audience and chucking drumsticks and plectrums into the audience and going, hey, UK, you're amazing, and not playing a lot of music. So that was an event for me for a lot of reasons around how rock bands should do shows and how they shouldn't. (laughs) Yeah, I tend to agree. So, you, did you have Def Leppard after Mammoth then in no. Glasgow? Yes, we had. We had. It went. Uh, Mammoth opened. Def Leppard was second, and Motley oh, Crue really? closed it. Oh, that's so, yeah. It was. I guess it was a double headline. Yeah, we had the, the other way around in London, uh, which is a bit more appropriate. But uh, I quite enjoyed I Motley Crue. First time I'd ever seen them. But <laughs> yeah, they are. They are. They are what they are. They're good fun. Um, yeah. So that, those are the events of the year. So far. Mm. Ah, no. Your favourite gigs of the year, Matthew. <laughs> yes. Well, I went to a few, actually. I went to one a few weeks ago, but didn't mention it at the time because you didn't have time. But I went to uh, Planet Rockstock. That was that was fun down in Treco Bay in Wales. So a lot of, uh, lot of, lot of our sort of tried and trusted bands, you know, the Grand Bonnet Band and Michael Schenker doing an amazing UFO set and uh, obviously, you know, solo career set um, and uh, closed, closed by your your friend, Glenn Hughes, doing a Deep Purple set, which is pretty good. Um, but I've got to mention some up and coming bands or some new bands I saw uh, while I was there. Night Demon, all the way from California. Uh, we're across between sort of my, my Iron Maiden and... Um, Metallica, check them out. Night Demon, they do a brilliant version of this, The Sun Goes Down. They also cover, would you believe, Lightning to the Nation's Bride by Diamond Head. I was talking to the drummer. It's also, also called Brian. Well, my wife and I were talking to him. Nice guy, actually. Very long hair for a drummer. I always think drummers should have short hair because otherwise the sticks would get tangled in it. Um, anyway, he's very long. He took his shirt off, which is very brave in the middle of winter in, in Wales, I have to say. But anyway, uh, good. Um, Lazuli, French prog band. They were amazing. Uh, mesmerizing uh, a brand, band from Holland called Dwarf uh, talks about them before they're, they're great. great they're a brilliant piece yeah fantastic I bought their triple live album when I was there uh, after a few drinks of course um, Cassidy <laughs> Paris was great the Blue Lena they were good kind of bluesy proggy band I'll chat with them afterwards they're pretty cool um, and uh, back with the Hot One too. I shall come on to later on. Okay. But yeah, great festival. Uh, other other gigs, briefly, I saw Dirty Honey, top three. Dirty Honey, I saw them earlier this year. I thought it was, thought it was last year, actually, but it was very early in January this year. Uh, they were pretty good. Made of Stone, the inaugural Made of Stone Festival at Maidstone, our, our, our spiritual home, Bri, the home of Rambling Man. They twisted things around 90 degrees, so it was a bit off-putting because I was, <laughs> for half the gig, I was facing the wrong way. There's a, there's a stage. And it's like, 
but they saw that's down there better two stages one at each end but both both at 90 degrees to where it used to be <laughs> um, but my, my gig of the year is is was iron maiden at the o2 in london that was absolutely magnificent doing songs off of sinjutsu which is up there with my my my, my list of favorite maiden albums and um Songs from uh, Somewhere in Time, of course, brilliant set. And it's a far cry since I saw Iron Maiden in Nice Age 1. When when I was in row three, I think, if I recall, and my hair was in row 15. Um, but uh, great, f- fantastic. Iron Maiden, my gig of the year, the O2, fantastic. How about you, Bright? I, I just, I'm just, I'm, I just picture you at Made of Stone, Matt, with a map out going. True. Going the the stage was here last the stage was here last last time we were here the stage was where where but we can hear music coming but where's oh it's right there it's 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 behind exactly, you exactly how it happened you need to come next year um in 2024 it's a good festival because some good acts next year as you know absolutely anyway Mr Big Mr Big Mr Big, Big. my I have a I have a cornucopia. A smorgasbord of gigs that I went to of note in 2023. I do indeed. I'm going to start off with the final, the final gig of Kiss in the UK was in Glasgow. Mm -hmm. The first and the last time that I'll ever see Kiss. They were amazing. Kiss were, Kiss were an event in themselves and I'm so pleased I got to see them. Um, Peter Gabriel, I went to see Peter Gabriel in, in Birmingham. Um, for a lot of reasons, Peter Gabriel was just uh, amazing. Um, but my top three gigs of the year, I'm going to kick off with the band who surprised the hell out of me. And we talked about this band with, with Chris Sumby, um from mm-hmm. Stone Dead Festival, was a band mm. called Deraps. So Deraps, a Canadian oh, yeah. band, the first time they'd ever played in Europe, not on, uh, not not just the UK, and they came out sort of mid-afternoon and played basically a Van Halen set, and they just <laughs> tore Stone Dead up, and they did cover versions of I think it was Blockbuster by the Sweets, they did Hot for Teacher by Van Halen, and it's wow. it's lovely. To, it's lovely to see a band come out and just shred and sing and you'd never heard of them and they were brilliant. So Deraps are my number number three uh, uh, gig of the year. Number two gig of the year um, was Iron Maiden. Um, Iron Maiden were amazing in the mm. Ovo Hydro at, in Glasgow. Um, probably my favourite era um, of Maiden around the Summer in Time album. Uh, it's just some great stuff on that album. Bruce was singing. Uh, Bruce was just singing off the charts, and the fact mm-hmm. that Nico wasn't fully fit uh, to get through that tour was was fantastic. So uh, great, and only pipped. Iron Maiden were only pipped by Blur. I got to see Blur mm. in the Newca- in Newcastle City Hall, which is my one of my favourite venues to go and watch. And Blur played Newcastle City Hall for about two thousand people, and they tore the riff off the place, and wow. and that was it was just special to be able to see a Glastonbury headliner in a theatre, and they sounded great. So th- those mm. are those are the three um, uh, the th- the the three mentionable gigs for me um, in in twenty twenty three. Very good. A couple of notable mentions because you mentioned. Um, uh, Glastonbury headlines. Of course, you saw um, 
the mighty Kasabian, didn't you? In, in <laughs> NYC. NYC. Um, notable mentions for me, quickly, saw the darkness of Blackstone Cherry. That was a strange kind of coupling, as it were. Yeah. Uh, they were good, though. Darkness always put a good show. Blackstone yeah. Cherry, ditto. Saw um, Skin Dread for the first time at... Uh, the aforementioned made of stone. I managed to focus on the stage by that point, turn around <laughs> to 90 degrees, and there they were. They were good. And then on the other stage, it's got two stages, really good. One at the top of the hill, one at the bottom of the hill. And the top of the hill was Robert John and the Wreck. They were great. So check out uh, those those bands if they come play near you. Yeah. Of course, any of those. Yeah. And, um, and anybody, and we always, uh, and, and we always go to, you know, we go to Steel House every year. A shout mm. out to everybody who hung around all weekend yes. and especially oh, the, especially those people who stood especially in the rain, yeah who stood in the rain and not under the canopies and watched all of the bands on Sunday you deserve a yes. for, if if we did medals and for those about to pods we salute yes. you you all deserve a medal for standing in that rain on the day. It's, it's a good point, actually. Yeah, I remember vividly standing under that canopy, which is there meant to keep the sun off people. Uh, everyone was huddled under it like refugees. <laughs> and during the Troy Redford set, we touched upon this, and that, that canopy is about 40 yards back from the stage, not 40 feet, I think it was mentioned at the time, about 40 <laughs> yards back. <laughs> and uh, there was a few diehards on the barrier watching Troy Redford. Uh, it was great, by the way, Troy Redford, fantastic Um Fantastic act. Deserved a better audience, although we were huddled. But yeah, brilliant. <laughs> Call of the Wild Festival. Went there for the first time. That was pretty good. Call of the Wild. That's on uh, again next year. Uh, or if you're listening in 2024, this year. Um, that's got a good bill this year coming up, or next year coming up. So that'll be fun. Might go there again, actually. We'll be in well. Um, so that was the gigs of 2023, Brian. Mm. Uh, which brings us to Song of the Year. Oh. That's a tough choice, wasn't it, really? What you got for us? My song of the year, Matthew. And I'm going to... Do your top three first, by Top three. Okay. Top three songs for me um, of the year will be in third position. Yes. Are you expecting a drum roll? (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm going to go with off the Foo Fighters album, a track which Dave sang with his daughter, Violet, Show Me How is my number mm-hmm. three. Um, number two, I am going to go with Rise by Extreme. Ooh, good choice. And number one for me is not <clears throat> Take a Bow, it's Take a Bow <laughs> from Mammoth WVH. That, that mm. is just stupendous track uh, and more for Wolfie's amazing singing on, you know, his guitar playing is exemplary in his musicianship, but his singing took it up a notch on, on his second album. I thought he was, he was fabulous. So, so my, my track of the year is take a bow by mammoth WVH. Your tracks, Matt. Well, the good choices there, Brian, by Thank the you. way, and I don't have any of those on my list, which is good. Uh, number three, I've got joint, Joint third place, actually. I'm going to do two, two in, I'm going to do four, three, two, one. If you didn't indulge me. So, uh, Won't Take Me Alive by Dirty Honey. I love that song. Great okay. album. Yep. Um, this is Now by Anne Wilson. We touched upon that, didn't we? An epic song in, in about three, three and a half minutes. Amazing, amazing song. Um, 
The Road to Hell by The Dust Coder is my number two. Ooh. Now, I saw those a few weeks ago at the, uh, the aforementioned um, Planet Rockstock. They closed their set with this song. It's an absolute ripper of a song. So The Road to Hell, not to be confused, of course, with the fantastic uh, Chris Rear <laughs> Road to Hell, completely different song. <laughs> uh, we'll put both on the podcast as usual, and you can compare and contrast. But my number one, by some distance, and this was a nailed uncertainty very early on in the year. And I saw these guys a few weeks ago, and this was the highlight of the um, of the gig. Uh, I saw Greta Van Fleet with my friend Nick uh, and Matt. He was there. Hello, everyone. If you're listening. Um, Meeting the Master is my song of 2023. An absolute... And you've got to do this. You, 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 you predicted that would be my number one. I think I touched on that. I absolutely love this song. It is um, amazing. Fantastic vocals by Josh Kiska. Brilliant song. Um, atmospheric, uplifting, you name it. It's got everything. Um, a lot of people will be surprised, actually, that I've chosen this. I was quite disparaging about Chris Fanfleet when I went to see them, but um, <laughs> their 15-minute guitar solos and everything. But um, this song was the standout of their set and uh, absolutely brilliant. So Meeting the Master by Greta Fanfleet is my number one song of 2023. So, Brian, that brings us to our top 10 Albums. All right, pop pickers, dot off. <laughs> so, I think for a change, um, we'll do uh, we'll do our top ten. Um, I'll, I'll, you do yours, I'll do mine, and then we'll kind of, I suppose, you know, we'll end up with a sort of unanimous verdict as to what's number one. I don't know that's going to work, but let's try it anyway. Okay. So what's, your, what's your top ten albums of the year, Brian? Um. I'm kicking off with number 10, mm-hmm. Rival Sons, Dark Fighter, who you saw this year. Fabulous album. That's great album. Great album. By the way, we're going to put tons of these songs on the playlist, of course. It's going to be great. Could be going, could go on for hours. We could do, could do, could do. Would you, would you like mm. me to go with number nine then? Yeah, or, uh, my number 10 is uh, Paul Rogers. And Midnight Rose, uh, we reviewed that a few episodes ago, actually, didn't we? That's a great album. I love the love the great man. And um, his birthday just before Christmas, and we wish we wish uh, we wished a belated happy birthday then to the great man, seventy five years old, Paul Rogers, uh, on the seventeenth of uh, uh, December. So um, yeah, Paul Rogers, fantastic Midnight Rose. What you got for number nine, Brian? Number nine, I'm going with a band who a return, a joyous return to form. Not 12 Days of Christmas, but 72 Seasons of Metallica. Their album, uh, fabulous, Matt. Re- you know, uh, it's just a return to form, well-produced. Older, thrashier. Yeah, I loved it. That's my number nine. Older, thrashier. Sunday morning thrash. <laughs> <laughs> We're talking of metal, actually. Number nine. It's a band we saw at Steelhouse, strangely enough, uh, in the mud. Um, I think they put it done better in the sun, but because uh, they are a, kind of a you know that sort of band. But you know, Elegant Weapons, their first album, Horns for a Halo, uh, with Ronnie Romero and uh, Richard Faulkner from Judas Priest, of course. Great album. Again, we reviewed that. Did we quite like that? We did. Got some good songs on it. Of course, we did indeed. Um, that's my number nine. We got it for, num- for number eight. Number Ryan. number eight has already been mentioned in Dispatches, which was one of your songs of the year, which is a track, the track This Is Now, which is off Anne Wilson and Tripsitter's album Another Day. That album is 
tremendous. There's a track on it which nearly met my shortlist um, of top songs. Reign of Hell. Fabulous. Anne Wilson is in top form. So, yeah, that's my number eight album, Matt. What's your number eight? Well, I'm going with a band that we attached on two-piece from Canada um, who we uh, came across. Um, We love their album, Fearless by Crownlands. Uh, a bit rushy, but there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, clearly ever, <laughs> influenced by the uh, the Toronto three-piece. In fact, these guys are from just outside of Toronto. And I was there in the, in the summer. And that was one of my events of the year. Fantastic Toronto. Loved it. Loved every minute. But I didn't bump into these guys, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, Crown, Crownland's album, Fearless. Absolute classic. Good stuff. That's my uh, that's my number eight. Right. Number seven, Brian. What you got? Yep. Finally, Matthew, I know you're gonna. this is going to put a big smile on your face. Mm. Inhale and Exhale from Those Damn Crows are number seven for me. A very mature album from the guys. They're just getting better and better and better. So you've yeah. ground me down. <laughs> <laughs> Only taken five years, Brian. Oh, exactly, and exactly. Since we saw them at uh, opening opening um, the uh, aforementioned Rambling Man yeah. Festival, of course. Yeah. Um, come and have, come and see them, everyone. They're great. They're the first band on. Really? Who? Those damn what? <laughs> oh, all right. There's no one else on. Might as well watch them. In a tent. That was when I saw that guy, when a, the other guy who had his King's X t-shirt on, who was standing over to our left. I said, Brian, Brian, look, it's a King's X fan. Go and talk to him. Come here, mate. Come and talk to him. <laughs> I, may have, I may or may not have had a couple of drinks at that stage. Um, where were we? Seven. Seven. Uh, uh, Greta Van Fleet, Starcatcher for me. It's good, good. Is it called Star Hatch? Yes. yes. Uh, great album. Great album. Not so good live, but good album all the same. <laughs> Number six, Brian, what you got? I have, I've gone with Crownlands, who you uh, spoke about earlier. I've gone with their album Fearless, which is just rush-tastic. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, sixth place for me um, is uh, The Dust Coder with Loco Paradise. Um Again, good album. Good, a, a good sort of step forward for them as a band. Um, I bumped into Adam Mackey of uh, Dust Coda. In um, a very intense person, Adam. Met him a few times actually. Nice guy. Um, but uh, yeah, their album's pretty good, and they played a few songs off it. I think that's taken them to the to the next level. Um, the Dust Coda, Loco Paradise, featuring mm. the aforementioned Rotel, of course. Absolutely, one of my songs of the year. Yeah, five. Extreme. In at five, Extreme with their album six. <laughs> I know more. Yeah, we enjoyed that. It's got some great shredding by... Fabulous. Um, great man, you know. I saw them before Christmas. They were fantastic. Yeah. Uh, sort of in London. Brilliant stuff. Uh, where were we? Five. five for you. Oh, yeah. Five. Uh, the uh, the second album by Wolfgang and his friends, um, WVH. It's a great piece of work, isn't it? You're going to touch about that, I'm sure. I am indeed. I am indeed. Number four. Number four for me, I'm going with the the album that we reviewed earlier on the show. I'm going with Andy Taylor's uh, Man's a Wolf to Man. That's my number fourth album. It's fabulous. Number four for you. Very good. Oh, I've got those damn crows we touched upon earlier. Great album, Inhale, Exhale. I saw that a couple of times. So I'll play those songs off it. Massive songs. Almost almost got a cold play in their, in their hugeness. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, great stuff. Shane Greenall and the boys, you know, 
uh, a step forward for them and a, and a, and a great and a great album. And uh, looking forward to their seeing them uh, at Man of Stone actually uh, next year, which would be great. Number three, the top three, Brian. Now we're getting to the uh, the the tougher sections of the top albums. I could have put this album at number one, Matt. It was that close. Um, but number three for me is In Times New Roman by the Queens of the Stone Age. A return to form, a riffing, complex, great songwriting, Queens of Stone Age, In Times of New, New Roman. A great, great album, number three for me. You're number three. Very good. Number three, Dirty Honey, Can't Find the Breaks. Touched upon that. I think last episode we, talk, we talked about that. We did indeed. Great album. Great, um, great stuff on that. So looking forward to seeing them uh, back next year. Mm. Um, I've seen them in London. They're probably their only date of the UK tour, but there you go. Uh, no, they're not. Um, they're, they are coming. They're playing, <laughs> they're playing the 10th of February in Glasgow. I, I, oh, per- oh, that's right. You're I personally them asked them just to come up to, <laughs> up to up to Scotland, and it's going to be me and my front loving room. Dirty Honey are going to play. That's the only way I could get them. <laughs> Who did you ask to play? Who were we interviewing this year? And you asked them to come and play Badamans. Was it the Dust Code? Uh, the um, the the Karma Effect Boys. Uh, yes, it wasn't. Yes. Yeah. Did, any joy with that? No, not yet. <laughs> uh, right. Uh, where were we? Number two. Number two um, is the second album by Mammoth WVH. Great album. Song, Has my song there. of the year. It, um, Wolfie just gets better and better, and his singing is. Miles esque, yes, indeed. So anyway, number two for yeah. you. Well, funny you should say that, but I remember when we when we reviewed this album, the, the first album by King Herd, we we thought that they, they it was quite a nice kind of uh, it's what married quite nicely with the uh, Wolfgang WVH uh, Mammoth WVH album. So um, yeah, King Herd first album by then self. By them, self-titled, great stuff on that album. We talked we talk about that time. One of my albums of the year. Indeed, not quite, but it's number two. So, um, yeah, self-titled by the mighty King Herd. So, number is number one, Brian. I am. And this, I've listened to all my top ten albums recently, Matt, and mm-hmm. and... This album is just, it covers so many genres and so many periods of this band for me. I couldn't see past the Foo Fighters' latest album, but here we are. I just think it is just from Rescued, you know, which is a great kickoff track the whole way through. The album is just, for what the Foo's have gone through, and, mm. and and you know, they could have shelved it, they could have not done any music, you you. You could have understand completely, but they come back with such an album, uh, the Foo's, and against such strong albums in in twenty twenty three, yeah, the Foo's, Foo's, just yeah, well deserved number one album for me. Well, we are unanimous, not for the first time. Uh, I had that for my number one as well. Magnificent piece of work. Um, quite a cathartic piece of work, I think, for uh, for the band. Um, couple of tributes to both Taylor Hawkins. At least we perceived at the time when we were talking about it that they were tributes to um, Taylor Hawkins and also Taylor Hawkins and also Dave Grohl's mum who passed away in the last couple of years as well. Yeah. Um, songs like Under You and Hearing Voices. And as we touched on it, if you've ever lost anyone, then 
you'll know you'll, those songs will resonate with you of course so um absolutely magnificent album and as you say just just going back to it since june it came out actually middle of the year yeah. um yeah. In, in this country and um just a, just a fantastic piece of work and a well-deserved album of the year. So we are unanimous, not for the first time. I think we were unanimous a couple of years ago with the first Mammoth album. We were, yeah. And uh, here, we, here we are again. So uh, great minds, etc. Brian. Would you have any notable shout-outs, Matt, of albums that nearly made your top ten? Uh, I didn't have the Extreme album in my top ten, actually, yep. which was probably a bit remiss of me. Um, two albums I wouldn't have had in the t- would not have had in the top ten were um the Dolly Parton Rockstar album and um and uh, Def Leppard's Drastic Symphonies. I probably would have put Andy Taylor's album in there. We've started listening to that recently. That's yeah. a fantastic piece of work. Um no I think between us we've got most but most most based most bases covered, Brian. Yeah. I, I would just like to give a little shout out to a band that we saw at Steel House in the summer. I thought they did a great set and a, a real good album. Just just missed out on the top ten for me was the answer. I thought the answer Sundowners was a was a really was a really good um a really good album. And I couldn't agree with you more about albums that would never be in my top ten. The drastic symphonies of Def mm. Def Leppard and Dolly Parton's missed opportunity of Rockstar. But we talked about yes. that in the last episode. Absolutely. So that was it. That was 2023. We yeah. look forward to 2024, specifically um, new albums by The Karma Effect. Looking forward to That Promised Land comes out early in the year. Uh, new Bruce Dickinson album, hopefully, comes out. We predict that we predict that for 2023. The Mandrake Project. Um, new album by Priest. Um, <laughs> their only UK gig for the Scorpions at Wembley <laughs> Arena, where I'll be. Um, and... Uh, uh, similarly, uh, with Mr. Big, uh, the, their final gigs. Probably a couple of, couple of festivals, which would be nice. Yes. I'm looking forward to seeing them. Yeah. yeah How about yeah. you? What's um, the 2024? 2024, um, I'd love ACDC to tour. Um, um, I'd also like Kiss not to tour and stick to their yeah. word. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I'd, I'd love Heart to tour in 2024. Uh, and it would be lovely if, if um, we talked about it in the last show, if uh, Sammy Hagar and Joe Satriani and Michael Anthony, Jason Bonham, if they made a trip across to Europe in the UK to do the Van Halen stuff, that would be, that, I think that would be something special. Mm. And mm. predictions in 2024 Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, it would be really nice if finally Iron Maiden uh, got into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. But I'd love to see, you know, the. Pearl Jam have always seemed to be the ones that are the darlings of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Eddie Vedder seems to be inducting everybody, at least one band every year. But I'd love to see Soundgarden or Alice in Chains get a, at least a nomination uh, for 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 what they've done. So those are my predictions for and and wishes for twenty twenty four. Well, all being well, we should look back at the end of next year and uh, see how those went. <laughs> So, of course, that brings us finally to everyone's favourite part of the podcast in any year. Hidden gym time. Thank you, Lola. Happy New Year to you and your family. So, Brian, what you got for us? Anything? Got anything? I, I do, actually. I've got... Um, and this this album came back into my orbit over the last couple of weeks. Um, Simon Phillips, the well-renowned... Um, 
uh, session drummer who played for many, many years as the, you know, he played in The Who, he was Pete Townsend, he's, we, we had him as a, you know, we've we discussed Simon mm. in the show before. Unsung Hero. Unsung Hero, exactly. So Simon's actually been on social media and on other interviews recently talking about how difficult it was in the 22 career, year career that he had with Toto to kind of really fit in. And and I actually was, I've been listening to, I'm a big massive fan of Toto, but one of the most organic albums of Toto, which uh, Simon played on, is an, amble co- is an album called Tambu. Tambu's their ninth album, was released in 1995. It actually was the first album um, which featured Simon, and it's quite an organic. It's it's you know lots of real piano, real drums, n- not that, not that nineteen eighties you know uh, you know well produced al- albums that Toto were were you know those slick productions. It's quite organic, and it was quite it's quite bluesy in some areas. Mm. Um, so I want to put forward um, uh, Tambu which was Toto's albums. Um, Some of the tracks Matt put on the enormous uh, playlist that you'll put together. I'd love Mm. to put, if you would put um, uh, Gift of Faith, which is the lead-off track, um, and If You Belong to Me, which is a fabulous track um, off Tambu. Much forgotten album, but when you go back through, um, you know, Toto's catalogue, it's an album that should be up there along with Toto 4 um, and their debut album. So Tambu from Toto. And you, Matthew. Very good. Well, I touched upon this band earlier. I saw them for the first time at um, the uh, Planet Rock event, Planet Rockstock, um, and I was absolutely blown away by this band. The Hot One Two, who I think are going to be huge. Uh, Five Piece come from Cambridge. Um, East Anglia, where I'm from, which is nice. Um, so there's no there's no bias, of course, Brian, as you can imagine. Um, <laughs> not at all. But a fantastic band. Tons of energy. Really enjoyed what they were doing. And their, uh, th- their debut album came out this year, actually, 2023. It's called Superbia. <laughs> and it's absolutely brilliant. Loved it. What a debut. Um, and uh, might put the whole thing on the playlist, actually. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm going to pick out some songs. Uh, the Fray is great. Is It Hot? That's a great song. Um, feeling Good, Demon Days, and so on. Um, classic, classic rock titles, but brilliant. Great musicians, um, only young, but uh, fantastic. Great stuff. And uh, as I say, they, they, they're going to be big. They're actually opening the Stone Dead Festival. They won the poll oh, of fun. up-and-coming bands. Yeah, yeah so fr- if you go going Friday night to... Um, the Stone Dead Festival later on in 2024, you will see them and they are well worth checking out. So the hot one to Superbia is my hidden gem for this episode, Brian. Excellent. And that's it. Done. Dusted. In the bag, 2023. Done. Should we do should we do some more some more podcasts in 2024? What do you think? Uh absolutely. I've I've booked the studio time already for 2024. Have you? You mean your your room with Prince, Princess Diana picture on the wall? Uh, I, yes, of course, of course. Okay, the Kenny Dalglish picture, of course. My Kenny Dalglish. Um, <clears throat> um, you, you never got a live and dangerous picture behind you, of course, uh, from the giant box set. We didn't do reissues, did we? But um, the humongous box set that came out this year. 
You can talk to us about that some other time when we've got a few hours to kill, Brian. <laughs> but for now, thank you. Listen to us on um, Scotland Rocks Radio, the aforementioned, um, every third Tuesday, which is great. And uh, please subscribe on uh, Spotify and Apple Podcasts. We're also going to be on YouTube soon, aren't we, Brian? We are on YouTube. We are on YouTube, Matthew. Are we? We are. Oh All 57 previous episodes are on YouTube. So if you would prefer wow. to listen to us on YouTube, we are there now. Just put, uh, for those about to pod, we salute you in your search engine in you- YouTube and you will find us. So I thought was a, if I was, uh, and I, by the way, shout out to my friend Fred, who recently discovered us and listened to 30 episodes, one after another. Good on him. Good on you, Fred. Um, I would say, where would you start? Like the classic, the classic fantasy festival episode, which is about episode seven or eight. Absolutely. I think start there. Yes. Start one's, episode one's pretty good. But uh, I think seven, seven or eight is uh, the classic festival. <laughs> the festival episode, Matt Stock and Bryfest. Start there. Start there and move on. Come up to date. Yeah. But and, yeah, and once we get to a thousand subscribers on YouTube, Matt, mm, then, a million? De- no, a thousand. If we're if oh, we get thousand. to a thousand, then we're able to earn pennies and pence from our shows. <laughs> Are we now? Point so, oh 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 whatever pence. Oh yes, exactly. Pennies of pence. I can't wait. Yeah, exactly. We could, maybe we can we could go to to Los Angeles and do the podcast from the Rainbow Bar and Grill as we've always. So that we've always, dream, we've always dreamed. Exactly. Yes. Please, please subscribe on YouTube. Therefore, everyone that, that listens, tell your friends, tell your neighbours, tell complete strangers, etc., etc. But mainly, look after yourselves. Enjoy. Happy, happy two thousand and twenty-four. A good one. Yeah. And you, Brian. Oh, thanks, mate. <laughs> I thought you were doing your. I thought you were doing your king speech there. No, that was Christmas Day. (laughs) All right. Thanks, everyone. Speak to you soon. Lots of love. Thanks for listening. Bye for now. Happy New Year. See you in 2024. Yeah, see you then, mate. Take care. Bye. Bye. Rosebud Pod, we salute you, is a Manny Rogers production.